Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. And seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter, noticed this, directed his gaze at him. And as did John, and said, look at us, look at us. And he fixed his eyes, or he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. But what I do have, I give to you. Come on, how many of you have something today? How many believe that there's something in you today? Come on. God's put something in you. Your very nature has changed today. How many of you are a Christian? How many of you are a believer today? Come on, lift your hand. That means there's something in you today. The very Spirit of God is in you today. It says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and set him at the right hand of the Father, guess what? It's in you. You know what that power is there for? Above all rule, above all dominion, above all authority. Come on, above every name that tries to name itself above the name of Jesus, shall bow to that name. You have authority today. How many believe it? See, you got something in you, and today we're going to unlock it. We're going to reveal it. But I need you today believing. The Bible says, what do I have? I give to you in the name of Jesus. Say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Strengthen those feeble knees, those weak knees this morning. It's time to rise up. Come on, as a church, it's time to rise up. We're not just here in a location just to have church and have community and just do a social club, no. No, we're here to help the men and women in this region all throughout generations, Generation Z, all the way up to the baby boomers, to rise up and walk. Come on. That's why you're here today. And he took him by the right hand, which is a sign of authority, and he raised him up. So he stretched out his hand to him and said, come on, rise up and walk. And immediately, say immediately, his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them. Walking and leaping and praising God. Notice this man's been on the outside of the temple, not on the inside. He's been at the outside of the gate. Naturally trying to get what he can to solve his natural need. But now in this moment, he's inside. And he's a healed man. And no longer is it a natural need, but his spiritual need has been met. He's walking in with them, praising God, leaping, doing things he couldn't do. 
walking and leaping and praising God. In verse 9, it says, all the people saw him walking and praising God. Who saw them? All the people that were there. There's eyes on you today. There's people watching you today. There's a lot of eyes on you. You say, should that mean something? Oh, it does. Because the way you live and what you do is a testimony of who God is in your life. And it speaks of who God is around people. The very life you live, the very words you speak, the very image you reflect. Come on, he said he made you in his image and likeness. Guess what that is? That's a reflection of who he is. Oh, it's showing people. It's speaking to people. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate at the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Today, my message is entitled, Do You Know What You Have? And I say it that way for a reason. Because sometimes, and probably more oftentimes, we don't know what's in us. Because we never access it. Because we never unlock it. But the truth of the matter is, if you are in Christ, it's already there within you. That seeds in you. And it's waiting for you to get in the word of God, which will cause produce or evidence or multiplication of that seed. See, it is God's word that multiplies the seed in you. We know the Bible says that his word is a seed, right? It's a seed. Well, how do you think that seed grows, germinates, buds out, brings forth, increase? You got to water it. The Bible says in John chapter 15, to abide in him and he will abide in you. When you abide in God, when you abide as a branch in the vine, well, we know you will produce fruit. Amen? Bearing fruit, bearing much fruit. In the amplified version of Acts chapter 3 verse 6, it says this. But Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name or the authority and the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth or the Nazarene, begin now. Begin now to walk and go on walking. Some of you, it's time to begin now. You've been waiting too long. You've had too many excuses. It's time to begin now. Begin now. What are you waiting for? For the right time? Hold on. The gate beautiful. This word means an hour or the time of fulfillment, properly a particular hour or a season of time, or a time when it's become fully developed. That word beautiful means a time that has become fully developed. This man was lame for 40 years. He would have heard of Jesus. He probably even would have saw Jesus, especially in his triumphal entry. But this man was still lame. His circumstance and his condition still hasn't changed. It wasn't until two men named Peter and John appeared and recognizing what was in them because they didn't have money. No, but they had something else. They had the very power of God in them. The very power that came on them in Acts chapter 2. Remember the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, but you shall receive power to what? To be my witness. 
What do you think that God has done, or why do you think God has given you that power today to be his witness? It says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be what? A witness. Witnessing of what? Of who he is. Peter recognized, and John recognized, man, we don't have money. I know that might be what you need in the natural, but what I do have, oh, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I see two different people here in this story. And maybe you're one of these two. The first one is Peter. Peter. Peter, not too long before this, denied Jesus. He denied him three times. The closest disciple, the main man, denied the Father, denied the Son, Jesus Christ. He even went so far before that to cut off the ear of a soldier and thinking that he was doing Jesus a favor. And what did Jesus say in return? Get behind me, Satan. See, we need to understand that just because you've made a mistake or you have failed in an area, that does not unqualify you for what God has called you to do. Peter denied Jesus. He's in a state, in a place that most of people right now are probably at. Because you feel like the sin and the weakness and the things you've done have stopped and have hindered you from being able to walk in a manner worthy that God's called you to walk into. But let me help you today. When Jesus came back and rose again, he went to Peter. And we see this story where Peter was sitting down with Jesus on the beach and they were eating. And Jesus looked at him and said, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know I do. Well, feed my sheep. He asked him three times. He said, feed my sheep, take care of my lambs. This is where Peter got his heart right. This is where the call, the mission, the purpose that he was supposed to walk into changed drastically in a moment in his life. He was a denier. But now he's forgiven, he's changed, set free. He gets filled in the Holy Ghost. And then we see him right after that in Acts chapter 2. What does he do? He preaches a message and 3,000 people get saved and born again. You can't tell me that you're unqualified. You can't tell me that the call of God is not still there. No, we know that he gives these gifts and callings without repentance. They're yours. Today, where are you at in your life? How do you see yourself? You know, you may look in a mirror and say, that's it. That's who I am. You may see wrinkles. You may not. You may say the best hairline that you've ever had. Mine left a while back. You may look and you say, who is this person I see in the mirror? I'm not happy. I'm lonely. I'm depressed. I don't like myself. I don't like what I do. I'm a failure, I'm a bad father, I'm a bad mother, I'm not a good wife, I'm not a good husband. How do you see yourself? Because if you're seeing yourself in a negative light, can I help you today? That's not how God sees you. You are created in his workmanship. The very power that raised Jesus is in you. 
Why would you think anything less than how God sees you? That means you're listening to a lie from the enemy. That means you're listening to the flesh. And we know what to do with the flesh, subject it to the spirit. You walk in the flesh, oh, you're going to get the flesh for sure. Yeah. But when you walk in the spirit, (laughs) oh, man. This is where transformation happens. This is where your life is forever changed. I don't know about you, but God has been good to me. I don't know about you, but can you testify that God has radically changed your life? And he will continue to do so. See, Peter now is at a point of his life where the Spirit of God is in him, and he sees a man in need, and he can't meet his financial need or his natural need. So instead of meeting his Natural need that this man thinks he needs. Oh, no, there's another need, his legs. But this man's not even thinking about his legs. He's thinking about money. People always come in front of me and give me money. I was born this way. This is what God intended for me. And this is many times how we have faith. Well, this is how it's supposed to be. God just put me through this to teach me a lesson. Oh, God, help me. Or we'll pray in faith and believe for something, and then the very thing that we say is negative against it. How do you know you're believing God's word? You stand on his word. His word is truth. How do you know you're saved today? How many of you have seen Jesus? Lift your hand. You've seen Jesus. Okay. Man, kudos. Not many people have seen Jesus. I promise you probably haven't either. But you know how you've seen God? Through his word. His word. His word. How do you know you're saved? His word. You believe his word. It's faith in that word that says you are saved. You believe it. You have received it, so that is it. But what if someone says, well, you're not really saved. How can that be true? It's just a bunch of words. How do you really know? Is it by the works you do? No. It's by grace through faith. Ephesians chapter 2 says, by grace through faith. Well, what was grace? That was his part. What was faith? Your part. Believing. And the free gift that was given to you. What is believing? Is believing just like a mental ascent? No, 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 no. Believing is when you believe in your heart. And then a total transformation begins to take place. It's when you turn from a life of sin. It's when you turn from a life living like the world. Because truly believing is loving, it's obedience, it's sacrifice, it's submission. That's love. That's when you know you're giving your life to Jesus. Anybody can say they're saved. But how do you know someone's saved? The fruit they bear. So now I know I'm saved because of faith in this grace that God has so graciously given to me, why is it any different for anything else? Healing. How do you know you're healed? His word says I'm healed. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Do you know that faith, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, Faith is now. It's present tense. 
If you're believing for healing today, can I tell you? You might want to start first with how you believe and how you speak. We know that the Bible says, whatever you think in your heart, that's how you speak. You can get a really clear picture of where people are by how they speak, right? That's when you know someone is believing the way they do, by how they talk about their life. If today you're sick in your body, let me tell you how to receive your healing. Stand on his word. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his what? His body on the tree. When did he do that? 2,000 years ago. Is Jesus still dying every single day for us? No. He did it one time as we see in Hebrews. One time was sufficient for all mankind for all of eternity. Amen? That we might die to what? Sin? Well, what is sin? Well, sin is separation from God. Sin is everything that's not found in his promises, that's not found in the new covenant. So sin must be sickness, poverty, depression, brokenness, right? Come on. And live to righteousness. This next part, look at the wording. By his wounds, you have been healed. Another translation in New King James says, by whose stripes you were healed. You were. What does that sound like? Past tense. Past tense, someone just now said. Past tense. When did you get healed? When he died on the cross and you received it, right? Well, hold on. Let me say that better. When did you receive your healing? When he died on the cross. But, What do you believe right now? God, I'm praying that you'll heal me. That's not faith. That's hoping. But he just said, you were. Were. I've had people come up for prayer, and they've asked me to pray for them and saying, I'm really believing that God will just do this. You know, he'll heal my feet. He'll heal my back. And I look at them, and I'll say, he already has. And they'll kind of look puzzled and startled at me. Like, if he did, why do I still feel this way? Why do I still have my issues? Why does the doctor say otherwise? Why? It's because what you believe. You're saying, is it really that simple? Salvation was that simple for you. Why isn't it simple for healing? It's that simple. Believe his word. Receiving the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's the same thing. It's that simple. It's a free gift. You know how you receive it? By faith. The Bible says to speak, and the Spirit of God or the Spirit will give utterance. Who speaks? You do. We do. It's faith. See, the problem is there's two different types of faith that we see Within people, head faith and heart faith. In John chapter 20, we see a man by the name of Thomas who is a disciple. In verse 25, John chapter 20, verse 25, we see this head faith in operation. And it says in verse 25, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, and this is Thomas, 
unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Now, we look at this and say, that makes sense. I agree. I can agree with Thomas. In a natural sense, it is completely nonsense to think and to believe in something I can't feel or touch, see, smell, see, experience, the five senses, all of it. It makes sense, doesn't it? But what happens? Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. And said so the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, wow, the doors were locked. Jesus came through the walls. That would trip you out, huh? That would make you run. You're just sitting down and Jesus comes through the wall. <laughs> I'll guarantee you Thomas is believing now. He says, peace be with you. And then he looked at Thomas. Put your finger here. See my hands. And put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered, my Lord, my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Wow. What do you believe in today? When do you know you got your healing? Is whenever you saw the manifestation of it in the natural? Or when you received it in your heart by faith saying, God's word is true, I'm healed. Some of you haven't received your healing yet because you haven't received God's word yet. You still have doubt and unbelief. How do you know you have doubt and unbelief? Do what you speak and the words that come out of your mouth align with his word? Or does it align with how you feel? And let me help you real quick. I feel this in my spirit. Just because you doubt in your mind doesn't mean that you doubt in your heart. It's two different things. You're going to doubt in your mind even when you're believing in your heart. Remember, you're a three-part being. Body, spirit, and soul. Your soul, your flesh, mind, will, and emotions. Think about how many thoughts you have throughout the day. What does the Bible say to do with them? Cast them down. Cast down vain imaginations or take them captive, meaning arrest them, take them captive. Anything that tries to exalt itself above the name of Jesus or the name of God. So, yeah, when you're believing in your heart, oh, in your mind, you're going to have some unbelief sometimes. You're going to have some doubt. But that doesn't mean that you're not believing in your heart. Don't allow that to happen. Because when you believe in your heart, yeah, those thoughts may come. Just cast them down. And that doesn't mean like, oh, man, now you messed up. It ain't going to happen. No, you believed in your heart. Just stand on what you believed in your heart. Because I feel this, and I've done this too, where I've prayed for something and believed for it. And then next couple of days or even within that same day, a couple of hours, I get these thoughts. Well, how's it going to work, God? But you know what you got to do? No, I rebuke that thought. I know what I'm standing on. I received it in here. The Bible says the heart of a man. Where do you think the heart is? It's not talking about your internal organ. It's talking about your spirit. How do you receive the word of God? I receive it. It's mine. It's mine. So he said, have you believed because you have seen me? Jesus said this, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Blessed are those who do not see but still believe. You're blessed today if you believe even though you haven't seen. This is head faith. Now, we see another thing called heart faith. Heart faith in Romans chapter 4. Abraham. And it says in verse 17, 
As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he has been told, so shall your offspring be. In verse 19, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was good as dead, since he was about 100 years old. Or when he considered the bareness of Sarah's womb, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in faith as he gave glory to God. Some of you need to give glory to God, and it's not just a one-time thing, it's all the time. And whenever you start getting the thoughts of negativity, when you start getting the criticism that you hear from other people saying, oh, you believe in that stuff? Oh, yes, I do. Glory to the most high God. I'm praising him today. I'm going to praise him tomorrow. I'm going to praise him until I see it happen in the, man, in, in, the, in the natural realm. I believe. And you know what? The reality is that as we see in Hebrews chapter 11, some of them didn't receive what they were believing for. But you know how they received it? They received it by faith. It didn't happen in the natural sometimes. But they still received it. It's not about just seeing the manifestation meaning you have it. No, it's faith in God's word meaning you have it. If you're waiting for something to happen in the natural, you're going to keep on waiting. No, you got to stand in his word. You got to stand in his word. And so we see Abraham with this heart faith. See, there's a difference between Thomas's faith and Abraham's. Abraham had what we would call Bible believing faith. He is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 as having faith, and that faith pleased God. What pleases God? Your doubt, worry, and fear? No, it's faith. Because everything that we do is trying to bring glory to God, to bring honor to Him. See, this life of being a Christian is about serving. It's about submission. It's about surrendering. It's not about, oh, now I'm a Christian. Let's see what I can get. You know, my name's Jimmy. See what you can give me. No, this isn't that life. This isn't that type of relationship with God. That's what the Pharisees were. All they cared about was their status, their entitlements. They were better. We're holy men. And what did Jesus say? I didn't come for those. I came for those that were sick. I came for those who were hurting. Bible faith. There's four points I want to give to you when it comes to Bible faith. See, you can apply this faith and it will work for you. It's the same faith that Abraham used and it worked for him because it is faith not based on yourself, but faith based on God. Peter did what he did because he didn't have faith in himself, but he had faith in God. This man rose up and walked because he had faith in what Peter could do. You think about it, you go back to Acts chapter 3, and you look at it, and it says that Peter directed his gaze on him. Why? Peter wanted to see what was working in this man. He wanted to see if this man had some faith. When I pray for people, I don't pray for someone that doesn't have faith to be prayed, to be healed, or to, be, to receive it. The very first thing I ask, do you believe it? And it's usually the answer is yes, I do. But I can't agree with someone that's not in faith. Peter looked at this man. He fixed his eyes at this man. He directed his gaze at him. And so did John. 
and said, look at us. And it said that he fixed his attention to them, expecting to receive something from them. Bible faith. Not on who you are, but on God says. See, number one, first point, you need to have God's word for you or for what you desire to receive from God. What word are you, I said this last week, what are you standing on when it comes to the things you're believing for? If you got no word for it, good luck. You got no sure foundation. If you're just saying, I deserve it because I'm a good person, I got good morals, you're not gonna receive it. I receive it because I do this. I serve in my local church. I serve in this area. That don't mean nothing. Get some word for what you're believing. The Bible says that the entrance of God's word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. It's his word. Number two, believe God's word. Believe it. Believe it. We used to say this, and you probably have said this before. God said it, I believe it. I remember when I was in New Mexico and I was a youth pastor, and the pastor there wrote a song, and maybe he didn't write it, but he sang it all the time. It went, God said it, I believe it. And God said it. It was pretty cheesy, but I remember they sang that song in church, and the crowd would just, yeah, faith would just rise in that room. God said it, I believe it. Whatever his word says, I believe it. Yes, yeah, but it's it's crazy to believe some of that stuff. That's fine. I believe it. Because it's God's word. Number three, don't think about the contradictory circumstances. Don't consider those things, the circumstances. Don't consider them. You're, you're going to go through tests. You're going to go through trials. You're going to go through circumstances. Don't consider them. Give them to God. Give it to him. Fourth one, how do you know you receive God's word? How do you know you believe it? Praise. 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 See, when you follow these four steps, you'll always get the results. Because these steps are to healing, to answered prayers, to deliverance, to being set free, whatever it is you're seeking from God. See, when you notice this Thomas's faith, when we look at this faith of Thomas, it was based upon, or it was not based upon what God said. It was based on his natural way of looking at things. See, Thomas's faith was based upon what his own physical senses told him. This man that was begging for money He was so used to his condition that he couldn't even see clearly that this man that was in front of him had the very answer to what he needed. But obviously he got to a point where he said, you know what? I believe. I receive it. Because what happened? He took out his hand and said, rise up. Walk. He could have left that hand there and that man could have been like, you got no money. Huh. What are you going to do for me? No, what does he do? Dan, come here. Come here, Dan. Take, take my hand. He took his hand. Dan, take your hand down. No. Grab my hand. What is Dan doing? Grab my hand. 
Am I making him do it? Maybe for this illustration I am. But he's the one grabbing my hand. Grab it. Rise up. Rise up. He didn't have to grab my hand. He said. He grabbed his hand. What, what, how did, what did he grab it from? What was it? Faith. He said, let's do it. Rise up in the name of Jesus Christ or the Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Man grabbed his hand, started walking. His knees, his ankles were strengthened. Started jumping immediately. We read stories like this, and it's life. It's real. And we have a hard time for some reason for our own life. Why? Because of head faith. See, so many people say, when I see it or when I feel it, then I know I have what I prayed for. But that's not Bible faith. That's natural human faith. And any sinner already has that type of faith. (laughs) You see, real faith in God is based upon his word. Real faith in the word says, if God says it is true, I'm believing God's word today. Come on, say, I believe the word from God. Smith Wigglesworth said this, I can't understand God by my feelings. I can't understand the Lord Jesus Christ by my feelings. But I can understand God the Father and Jesus Christ only by what the Word says about them. God is everything the Word says He is. God is everything His Word says He is. You want to know who God is? It's in His Word. He also said this, We need to get acquainted with the Lord Jesus Christ through the Word. Through the Word. Too many people try to get acquainted to God through feelings. And this is when it gets weird. This is where people just get in a ditch and get stuck and they can't get out of it. They get sensual, is what we would call it. They pervert the the gospel. They pervert the Word of God. No, learn how to stay balanced. Learn how to allow the word of God to keep you in a balanced place. Because when you try to attain and reach God to feelings, (laughs) you get in some pretty nasty places. See, they think when they feel God, that's when they're actually hearing God. But if they don't feel God, then he's really not speaking yet. He's not there. And that's what happens when it comes to receiving the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what comes to receiving healing. You think, well, I don't feel it yet, so it hasn't happened yet. You're not going by your feeling. You're going by his word. His word said it's there for you. Receive it. See, when you base your faith on feelings rather than God's word, you'll never see the results that God's word promises. And this is why you have a hard time reading his word because you don't see the answers to your prayers. Why do you think you pray? Just to pray? No, to pray to get the results. If you're just praying to pray to say words, what's the point of praying? We pray to get results. And if you're not getting result, results, then there's something wrong with your faith. There's something wrong with how you're believing. Now, look, there's time. I believe it and I understand it. There is time. Some things can take a process. But I believe today in my spirit that there's some things that you've been praying for but not standing correctly on. You've been having head faith. And whenever situations come, whenever storms come, whenever the things of life try to attack you, you allow them to. 
and it deters you off that faith walk. But today, no more. See, if I'm just allowing faith to be based upon my feelings, then I'm just using my natural human mind, my natural human faith. I'm trying to get spiritual results in a natural way. (laughs) It ain't going to work. See, we have to use Bible faith, scriptural faith. We have to believe God's word. No matter what people say, no matter what's going on, no matter what my physical senses say, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, and if you be Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. See, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Know you therefore that which are of faith are the same or are the children of Abraham. We have the Abraham kind of faith. We're not trying to get it. We have it. Notice and final. He said in the name of Jesus, Christ, rise up and walk. The power and the authority was in that name. Do you know that you have that same name today? The same name has been given to you. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, Therefore God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that every name or so at the name of Jesus, every name should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 13, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The Father is glorified in the Son. When you ask in faith, when you ask according to his name. Which person are you today? Are you the beggar that needs to rise up and walk? Or are you Peter not understanding what you have in you? See, Peter recognized what was in him. You need to get to that place, what's in you. There's a lot more in you than what you're utilizing today. Because when you utilize what God's given you, can I tell you, that's when this place begins to grow. That's when this church begins to be effective. You say, what do you mean? You're part of a body. The church isn't a building. The church isn't a personality. The church isn't a pastor. It's the body. And when the body comes together in unity, in the same mind, in the same heart, in the same, after the same goal to build his kingdom, meaning I got to grow, I'm going to grow. Meaning I need to be faithful, I'm going to be faithful. Compromise actually doesn't just affect me, it affects people around me, my family, even my church. It does. You got to start seeing yourself just not as an individual, but you're part of a body. Thank you for listening to today. If you're wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.